It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative, underbelly, back alley, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners. And on today's episode, we are focusing on what might happen at the upcoming uh, winter meetings down in down in San Diego. That's where all the action is going to happen. That is where MLB gets a facelift for 2023. After that, you can start to really see what teams are going to be looking like, and especially our Seattle Mariners. That's why we're doing this right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners, Mariners podcast. But we are going to talk about the signing that happened in Houston. We're going to talk about... The Mariners making a big move and adding some bullpen depth this week. Also, yeah, we got to acknowledge that there are some number changes. So we give our point of views and our feelings about the number changes that happened. Uh, We're talking about numbers on the jerseys. Some players got some new numbers. Hernandez got his issued. We talk about that. And, of course, we have to say goodbye to our friend Carlos Santana, who has signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates out there in Pierogi Land in Pittsburgh, Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up so you can listen to the new episode of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast that's going to start right now. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Hey, I like this change. You're calling me for once to start the show. Yeah, I didn't know. You didn't give me an exact time, so I didn't hear my phone. You got to stay ready. Yeah, my dogs aren't happy. They prefer uh, rye bread and mustard after dark. But this is rye bread and mustard at dusk. So their food time's coming so, up. So they're starting, they're kind of worried. They're, they're, they want to know what's going on here. Oh, I'm down here in uh, Los Angeles, California. It's about, I don't know, 65 degrees out. Well, no, maybe it's like 61. The sun mm-hmm. is yeah coming down a little bit. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's sweatshirt weather, but I heard it's uh, getting a little chilly up there. 34 with some snow showers. Yeah, it's uh, winter is here. Winter is here. I will be up there uh, to endure some of that winter here coming up. But after the uh, the big uh, winter meetings that are happening 
you know, next week. Uh, we'll get into that later here in the episode. Uh, but yeah, we're coming to you on a Wednesday. We'll be coming to you on a Wednesday morning. Uh, got some new uh, equipment here that I'm, uh, you know, using and uh, recording on, which is great. Uh, just kind of put us back a day, but everything is running smooth, so smooth. Actually, that's a perfect transition. Thank you, uh, Transition Gods. We will get so smooth here. We got to talk about Carlos Santana. You know, the big news is he signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates this past Friday. Uh, we recorded prior to this so this is all new information this is all new you know drama and feelings and fallout and re reflection um we will miss uh carlos santana there's no there's no doubt how many uh big moments he had last year that are going to live on for a long time in uh mariners fandom but let's just pull the band-aid off Really quick, tell me about this deal. Tell me how it went down. Tell me about it. Yeah, it just kind of came across the waiver wire or the social wire on Friday just saying, hey, Carlos signed for $6.7 million, uh, one-year deal with Pittsburgh. So um, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's signing over on the, on the, on the Pirates, which I'm, I'm kind of like, you go from this to whatever they got going on down there. I know it's the off season; anything can happen every year. But gosh, that's that's got to be a weird feeling. I know that's a pretty good uh, hunk of money for um, one year. Um, you know, as I was reading, though, you know, I'm looking here, and uh, Division was talking about, you know, like this, the 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 writing was on the wall for a while ago. I mean, uh, I think even Depoto was quoted saying like, "Carlos is an awesome leader and a wonderful guy." You know, and it, but he said it would have to be like the right mix of players on the roster because there's like only so many people and they want to rotate this DH. So we saw it coming in Thai France right now. At least right now, they're committing to him as the first baseman. And, you know, like they said, they'd love to bring a, or he said he'd love to find a way to bring Carlos back. But in order for that, somebody else would have to not be there. And that, you know, remains to be seen. They still have, uh, you know, a guy maybe they might have in the DH slot of Winker still on the team. How much do you think them not moving Winker affects this? Uh, I don't know. I, it's not, I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot better players out there, right, to be honest with you. Um, you know, like you said, that was a lot of money for Carlos. That's the most money Pittsburgh spent on a free agent since way back in 2016. So he got, he got paid. So good on him. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good amount of money. And look, let's be honest. It's a good night. It's a nice little hunk of money, but this guy was making some big money before in his career. And it's also an affordable and a good price for a bat like that with the uh, shift, you know, being banned this year. You're probably going to see a spike in the average, you know, and he's still a, a 20 home run guy going into this season. I don't think he's a 30 home run guy anymore. I think he's probably, you know, an 18 to 25, wouldn't you say? Uh, I, yeah, maybe. Um I wouldn't look to count on that for the Mariners. I think it's a better decision. And there's, like I said, there's better guys out there to go after. Right. Um, I mean, we're looking at this Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, you know, I'm looking at their lineup here on uh, fan graphs and they have him batting fifth playing DH uh, right in the middle of that order. I would assume that's where he'd be on any team that 
was you know planning on having him in the starting lineup. But the thing for him, yeah, he gets he knows he's playing baseball every day, and if he loves to play baseball, you know, uh, he'll he'll be the DA. You know, he'll he'll be happy there. I'm sure he's going to be in the lineup, like I said, every day, and maybe even at first base. Maybe Gene Manchoy takes a day off and he plays a little first base. Um, you know, he'll be 36 and a half, uh, or shit, he'll be getting into 37 in this season, but Choi's not a young guy either. He's going to be 32 during the season. So, well, they are young guys. They're very, I would kill to be 32 again, but, uh, yeah, I kind of look at this lineup that they have here and I'm just not seeing like, and it's early, we don't know what's going to happen, but I just don't see this as a a playoff roster, I feel like this is maybe a move by Pittsburgh to trade, you know, for um, some more capital uh, midseason because I think this is going to be a seller team. I think Carlos Santana will be definitely sought after, especially with team needing, uh, you know, left-handed depth or switch hitting depth. Uh, but uh, what uh, could you possibly see the Mariners getting him again? Yeah, I mean, I can never say never. Yeah, I mean, he probably would cost them for a couple months rental, going off his salary, probably around a couple million um, if he's dealt a deadline to the Mariners. I mean, yeah, he's proved that he's fit in this clubhouse, and he's hit some big home runs for us. Yeah, if there's some injuries or a hole by chance, you know, of a of a impact bat off the bench that could win you a game, yeah, why not? Um, that could be a possibility. I do agree with you that, you know, it's kind of a move for Pittsburgh where he's going to give the Pirates, you know, the same kind of leadership that he did with the Mariners. The Pirates are a young team. But, yeah, if they decide to struggle and it would only be in a one-year deal, absolutely he could be a flip then at the deadline. Yeah, and I I feel like, too, you never know. Like I said, I'm just saying Pittsburgh just doesn't strike me as – coming out winning that division but that division really there hasn't been a real dominant person run or dominant team running that division like you know the Braves and the Mets are for real and they've been in it and the Phillies you know these are big powerhouse teams that are ready to go it's it's been St. Louis but it seems like St. Louis is is not the St. Louis of old uh there could still be an outside chance they get in as as a as a wild card and you know if everything goes right you know, for that amount of money for them going, all right, we are going to be flip-flopping our first baseman, you know, in the DH slot. You know, it makes sense. I get it. Uh, and, yeah, I, I feel like maybe an injury could be one of those things. Hopefully not. An injury could bring him back. That's what brought him there in the first place. I feel like this is the notebook right now, and we're just like, how do we get him back? Let's just think of these scenarios. We Look, the Mariners are moving on. Um, they're definitely going to need a left-handed bat because he, though a switch hitter, a lot of his big moments and power moments came from the left side. With that being said, him being signed, I don't think so, uh, really changes what they're doing or what they're going after. But uh, what does it say about, you know, Conforto, Benatendi, Bell, and, and Nimmo, for that matter, or the four shortstops after this move? Yeah, you got to continue to still want those shortstop, and hopefully, with these winter meetings come out up, uh, they can make an offer and talk with those guys and get to figure out where their head is and if they'd be interested in Seattle. 
Um, I've always believed that's got to be your number one target for the Mariners. Uh, there were some reports coming out that Conforto has talked with a few teams, the Mariners being one of them. Uh, the other was, I believe, the Yankees. And the third team is slipping my memory at this moment. But, uh, yeah, Conforto, one-year deal. J.P. Morosi said that it's probably more than likely to be a prove-it contract. Um, he is from the area. He went to Redmond High School. So, yeah, and like you said, uh, our our um, lineup is pretty right-hand heavy right now. Um, a left-handed bat would be good. I saw something online. Uh, can't forget. Can't forget who wrote it, but um, there, he he listed down all the former Mariner left-handed hitters from all the way back to the Cano era, and he and it showed the splits from T-Mobile to their road splits. And there has been just a handful of, of Mariner players that have actually had success at home compared to on the road. Most of them hit a lot better on the road, so. Interesting. I don't know if it, if it says that that's very telling or what, but it's just something I saw and it was really interesting. But yeah, Conforto, hopefully he's the guy that, oh, I know who the third team was. How could I forget? It was the Astros. They're in on everybody. They're in so. on everybody. The rich get richer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, yes, he's, he's a local. He's from Redmond. That's cool. Uh, that might help, you know, in areas where some people, like you've heard reports that Trey Turner wants to be on the East Coast. He's a Florida guy. Well, this this guy, if he likes being home, this would be a perfect fit for him. You're right. It would have to be a prove-it deal because he's coming off a, a season where he didn't play because of an injury. You definitely have to prove prove quite a bit. And, I mean, I like the trade. I honestly, I mean, the sign. I would like that signing or acquisition, I should say, but... I feel like if we're looking at those outfielders with Nimmo and who's the other guy that's out with Nimmo and Conforto and, uh, and Ben Attendee, I would definitely, I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards the Ben Attendee guy. He's 29. He was an all-star last year. He was trending up. Yeah. He had a little bit of injury problems at the end of nagging injuries there in New York and didn't, you know, perform like he did towards the end of the uh, start of the season or into the summer at least. Plays good defense, good left-handed bat. But then also, how big of a commitment are you trying to make? That's kind of what we're talking about here too. Yeah, I guess my opinion would be Ben Attendee would be my third out of those three. I would probably like Conforto more. Just I'm looking for the power numbers. I mean. Right. Corey was hurt all year last year. He was 28 home runs and around 85 RBIs. Nemo had a good year. You know, he's not the power hitter either, but it feels like he's just a better outfielder. I'm just kind of down on Ben Attendee. I know, he, like you said, he's been an all-star. Maybe it's just the Boston Red Sox thing that's gotten me a little salty or what have you from when he played there. But, um, yeah, he, I'm, just, I'm just not as high on him. Okay, well, that's fair enough. And, of course, probably the four shortstops. I wonder if we make a move and get one of these guys just because of knowing that now, I think after you see what happened in, in down in Astroland, down in Houston, they definitely made themselves much scarier, I think, by adding Abreu. Does, do you think that puts any more pressure on the Mariners to just go out and get somebody – with a huge bat, like one of the shortstops? Um, they got to answer it somehow. I mean, uh, you, when you got 
I saw a, a lineup of the Astros, and when you got um, him batting, and I think the sixth hole is your first baseman, you know, and possibly then, you know, switching out with Alvarez as a DH sometimes. I mean, that's a pretty potent lineup, and our lineup was nowhere near that. So, yeah, we need to figure out something to answer that. You know, I know that last year, you know, I talked about with you in the beginning of the season, I was just hoping we'd be in it to get um, at the deadline and then make a move. We were able to do that. People talked about this rebuild. You know, we missed out two years ago on the playoffs. Now we made it last year. We need to keep adding. We're in our window now, and everybody keeps talking about it. Now we got to go for it. So Houston is obviously at the pedal to the metal still, and they're looking to repeat, and they're spending money to do it. So whether money doesn't always equal wins, but Houston has not gotten weaker at all. So we need to figure out some sort of move. They are, uh, yeah, they're really just adding accessories to what they already have. You know, they're not, they're not re uh, configurating what their lineup looks like. I mean, like you said that lineup, I mean, I mean, fan nation, you know, I just pulled up a lineup just to uh, see what they, they think it would look like uh, is, yeah, they'd have Altuve at second, batting second is Pena. We know what kind of, uh, Damage Pena can do to you. And then, of course, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, then Abreu, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bergman, David Hensley at DH, Chris McCormick out in center, and, you know, Maldonado behind the plate. That's a that's a lineup that you look at that and you go, man, we have to get somebody to, you know, compete with these guys. We are in their division. Not only are we chasing them, you know, for the American League uh, opportunity to go to the World Series and you know win the American League pennant because that's the window that the Mariners are in right now. Uh, this is something that you're going to need to add some thump to the lineup, especially when you are parting ways with Santana and probably Mitch Haniger. There's a lot of uh, power that we we need to add to this lineup. So I, I hear your point on you know making sure that the next. Uh, player or two has some big thump to them yeah on paper they have you know they've lost or taken um Uriel out of their lineup who didn't have a great season but he was dynamic in the playoffs and added him to a brave who's a great contact hitter maybe didn't have the power numbers that he's accustomed to but still was a very very good big time hitter for the White Sox so yeah I mean Right now, the West is clearly still belonging to the Houston Astros, in my opinion. With Anaheim adding players, you know, um, the, the Rangers will add some pitching they've talked about. So that's kind of what they've been missing. Yeah, so, and, yeah, I mean, it's really both, early on still. And both, in of those two, and both of those organizations that you mentioned have had a history of not being scared to reach into the wallet. Not like Seattle, that's for sure. No, and then you have, and it's a very strange division. Uh, you know the way we're set up. Everybody has their. We know exactly what they do. The Astros, they grow. They're the best at growing within. They have the best organization from the from the ground up, right? They do everything right. They don't really have to go and make big, huge signings. They do make big signings. I shouldn't say that. They don't have to go out and be like, we're getting these three guys. They just add a guy here and add a guy there. That's that's what they've been doing. 
they've let guys go and they kind of just replaced, you know, pretty much the, the same productivity. They're good at picking uh, the right players that are going to be in the lineup every day. They, they're good at picking players that they get the max value out of them. You know, then you have the Mariners that have been pretty hit and miss, you know, and then you have Oakland that does their own thing of just, you know, literally, you know, flipping guys. And then, yeah, and then Texas and Anaheim are big spenders. We definitely feel like a team that does a lot of trading, you know, obviously. That's, that's a stupid statement. I know this. This is weird. A trading organization. With that being said, and the winter meetings coming up, what do you think is going to be the biggest takeaway? Do, is there going to be some big trades, or do you think there's going to be some signings by the Mariners? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I, I, You know, with the Mariners, I feel like if they were to trade, they don't, you know, it's hard to say who they have left to trade. Sure, there's a lot of guys they could trade, but I'm, are those guys going to really get you a really big-time impact player back for the players that you give up? It's hard to say. I don't see us, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul in, in trades. So I would hope, in my opinion, that they would do it via the free agent market if they can get some guys to come here. Do you think the Mariners walk out of there with one of these shortstops? Because there has been a lot of talk of the, bait, the outfield position of late. But really, the big need is that shortstop or the tentative second baseman still that's still the biggest story and concern of the offseason i believe uh, may not get talked about now do you think we get out of there with one of those guys it's really hard to say and i almost want to say no because like you mentioned with the astros abreu was the first position player that the astros have spent money on via free agency since they got on their run they spent it on pitching the Mariners try to be a lot like the Astros and do a lot of homegrown guys. They've shown that they've done that here lately, especially with pitching. And as well, the Astros don't spend free agent contracts for multiple years either. And it's hard to say that the Mariners would ever give one of these shortstops six or seven years. I would like that to happen, but it's, I can't, you know, there's no precedent for it. But in my opinion, they need to. That's the one position that they need to really improve on. Right. And, you know, the thing that makes me a little bit weary about them signing one of these big guys, because it's going to be a big contract, is that the Mariners just signed Julio to this, you know, 75-year deal, which is, you know, team-friendly. And we also signed Castillo, and we also might want to extend uh, Teoscar um, and that's kind of a lot of money. I'm not saying like, hey, we we need to go out and spend more. I'd love it if they spent more. It's not my money, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I do feel like because you see those things and you know that, I mean, you've seen those contracts being signed and they're there. They're not. You don't have to worry about them. You just have to worry about their health. And then you add to the fact that we know Otani is out there, which I think the Mariners are going to make a big, big push for that for him. Uh, I, I got to agree with you that maybe we don't get out of there with one of these guys. Maybe we go the Conforto way. You know, if we're doing this, we just want to have an impact bat on the team and a player on the team. Yeah, you go with the Conforto. You go with the prove-it deal to go along with Hernandez where you're like, well, if one of these guys really, you know, 
fits in here, we extend one of them. If the other one doesn't, it's a not too big of a commitment. We still have some pivot room and some money for uh, Otani that maybe you might not have had. No, I mean, I, I, I can't subscribe to that as a Mariner fan for on a lot of those things you mentioned. First of all, okay. the Mariners, I think, are around $140 million right now. Back in 2018, 2019, when they had all those guys, I think their payroll was up to 180 million. So they're like 40 or 50 million, even off that right now. My next thing is then is the Otani thing. Well, this is this year. Otani, you know, becomes a free agent next year. We need to worry about this year. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I feel you. like we I could, I feel like we could spend that money, get the payroll up to at least what we were back in 18, 19, when we had a bigger payroll. And it wasn't even that big then, but, compared to what today's um, payroll is for a lot of teams. So I feel like we can do that. And if we, and then to get back to your point about Otani, you know, we could trade some guys next year and worry about next year, you know, and possibly make a free, uh, free agent push towards him. So I was reading this uh, article by uh, Divish where he had pretty much like, written out which guys he thinks are going, which people are, there's no way in hell they're going anywhere, which, I mean, you can, you can already, uh, you know, come up with that conclusion. But basically he said, he said, if people called and they asked for these people, you'd say, thanks for calling, but you wasted your time. That would be Julio, Cal, Logan, and Kirby. I think that would be my four players. If you, if I had to pick four he also said, "Likely the most likely headed elsewhere is uh, Chris Flexen. What do you think about that? Yeah, he's got to be the number one guy um, for a trade trade bait for with another club. I agree with you totally there. And he had on here some possible movables, which Marco, I think, is a possible, or that he says there may be movables. Marco... Uh, I think he's a, a maybe, and I think we are going to see him get moved, but at you know, the same time, sure, he might be just one of these guys that just always ends up back, old faithful, always ends up back on the roster. Uh, here's a surprising one, Diego Castillo, that possibly that I didn't think about, but I go, oh, that could be something. And uh, Abraham Toro, what do you think about Diego Castillo and Abraham Toro? Yeah, Toro has not lived up to kind of what, Jerry and the Mariner front office kind of told us about him. He hasn't lived up to it at all. You know, he's been a bench player that hasn't been very consistent. He got sent to the minors. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Diego, I hadn't thought about him either. But, yeah, that makes Once that name got brought up, I, that's a guy that, you know, I would be okay with um, trading off. You know, he's a serviceable guy. He's a good player. He could probably get you something good in return. So, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, he uh, he had 3.64. He was 7-4, and four, 59 appearances. Uh, he's in his second year of arbitration, so he's projected to make around $4 million, which is a good amount of money for the, you know, like a leverage situation guy, um, you know, primarily against left-handed hitters. Uh, yeah, I could see him having some good value. Same thing with Toro. Somebody else might, I think you got one chance to move him. Maybe last year was the year, but if you're going to move Toro and you are looking for something for him, 
you know, this is the year. I think he will probably, honestly, if he gets moved, be part of a package of people. Maybe a package with who Divish has pretty, uh, pretty obvious. But the most mo- motivated maybe for the Mariners move outfielder Jesse Winker. Uh, it's been talked that they tried to shop him at the dreadline, but didn't find much interest. Uh, the veteran outfielder, you know, uh, had a really tough season this this year. It started off really good with the fans. Um, then they kind of turned on him on this play, and then we g- g- fell in love with him and respected him from the fight and the pizza, and then it just went back to that, and then it just got worse. I definitely see this guy going somewhere. I also feel like New York would be a good uh, place for him, and maybe we can put together a package and still get, you know, I think the guy we'd really love to have, Labor Torres, maybe it'd be a good move for Winker. Maybe it'd be in New York at Short Porch and Wright. You call it the Cracker Box, the Bam Box, whatever. Maybe this makes makes uh, Winker look pretty good. Maybe not as much ground in the outfield to cover. Yeah. I mean, coming off a rough year offensively in the field, just looked terrible and interested. Um, then those reports came out at the end of the year on that article or that radio interview that Ryan Divish did about his teammates not appreciating how he worked hard, that he didn't work hard. So yeah, there's some intermingle fighting in the clubhouse. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I feel bad for Toro. You know, he's played a lot of second because third base were really good over there with Gino. He's more of a third baseman. He doesn't look comfortable over at second. So if the Yankees were to Give us Glaber Torres. Yeah, maybe that's a position that they would want in return. Uh, an infielder switch hitter. I don't know if that's enough to get a player of Glaber Torres' caliber. But, um, yeah, that, that would be a successful trade for the Mariners. What I would like to see more so than signing any of those other guys is the Mariners to pull trigger with a winker uh, and one of the pitchers and maybe one of our uh, utility guys over there for – you know, Torres, that's what I would really like. I feel like it would be win-win for everybody. I don't know, really, I have to look into the relationship with Torres and the Yankees, but if you've just been out there on the block this much, and same thing with Winker, at that point, you're just like, all right, I, I, I send me somewhere fresh so I don't have to hear this anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch, too. I mean, hopefully... They either come out and say he's going to be a Mariner or, like you said, he does get traded. I mean, he's talked about constantly, and he's kind of turned into a, a hated Mariner, unfortunately for him. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. So I know we've talked a little bit about the winter meetings, we've talked about some trades and this and that, but the Mariners did make a signing. We obviously... You know, with the Hernandez trade, lost Swanson. He was a he was a you know important arm out there in the bullpen and a steady one. Uh, but the Mariners did uh, 
make some uh, bolstering of moves of sorts uh, out there in the bullpen. Tell me all about this uh, signing with uh, Got. Yeah, um, the Mariners signed uh, Trevor Gott, um who had been rele- released by the Brewers. Um, 2021 was his first full year in the big league. Previous to that, he was with San Francisco. Uh, the little bit I've read about him, he's kind of maybe like a Seawald, a guy that throws that high fastball and then also has that cutter that's got a lot of movement. Watched a little video on him. And, of course, the video that I saw... You know, it really showed how dominant that cutter was. It had a lot of movement. Um, guy around a 4.3 ERA, I believe. Um, but with, Mar- with the way Mariners can um, develop guys and change guys' careers, um, that's probably why the article I read said that this guy is, could be a Seawald and his career could be resurrected a little bit. So I'm, I'm, opti- I'm optimistic about this guy coming in. Hopefully filling that role that Swanson had for us before he got traded. Yeah, I mean, basically, it seems like the Mariners are pretty good at going, okay, here's your pitches. You see this pitch that doesn't work? Yeah, you're not throwing it anymore. Don't throw that pitch anymore. Because it seems like a lot of the time they come here and they kind of shrink their uh, menu, so to speak. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They really um, zero in on what a guy is good at tweak it, talk location with them, and then also, like you said, eliminate a pitch that really just hasn't been successful or developed for them and that has given them trouble in the past and have them get away from it and, and pitch to their strengths more than to their weaknesses. Yeah, and you know, and there's cases where you'll add a pitch you know, somewhere in the season. We see that, but it seems like, yeah, they really go to a high percentage of these successful pitches. I mean, look at Mariano Rivera. He just went out there and threw cutters, right? Yeah. Such a dominant pitch for that hit, guy. Just, hit it if you can, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And with the, you know, that being said, uh, it is, it is a good signing. It is somebody that I think like y- you can work with. It's that it's the very on a brand kind of guy coming out of the pen for the Mariners. Also, this guy's done a little bit of closing. He did some closing in San Francisco. So yeah, he's, he's coming in here knowing that, Hey, this is uh, a place where the, as of right now, we kind of do this closer by committee thing. So it is nice to get somebody that has uh, went out in the ninth and closed games out and also has pitched in the leverage situations in the sixth, seventh, and eighth. No, you're absolutely right. The Mariners play that matchup game in the bullpen and in the late innings, and it's been pretty successful for them. They've gone away from the closer by closer, you know, in the typical closer manner in the ninth inning, and like you said, use the bullpen by committee in different high leverage situations. Yeah. And, you know, that I think the Mariners will go into here into the meetings, maybe trying to add one more uh, bullpen arm, another proven guy, I believe. But going into the meetings, who do you think is your most, uh, like, if you had to put money down that somebody's getting moved from the Mariners, who do you think it is? Um, I think it, I honestly think it's probably... It's got to be Winker, and then since you mentioned it, I would not be surprised if Diego Castillo got moved. Interesting. I, I've, I, 
I think my number one person I think is getting moved is Flexen. There seems to be a lot of smoke there. And then number two would be Winker. You know, possibly Marco would be, that would be my one, two, three that I think can get moved because we've heard enough about it. I also feel like maybe somebody in the minor leagues is going to get moved. I, I don't know. I do not see Brash getting moved unless it's a big deal. You know, maybe you could see some sort of uh, situation where we're Torres, where that could happen, where you're getting brash. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think that. And if I had to go top five, all right, um, like my wild cards of, would be the four and the five one would be like maybe a brash and uh, possibly Toro. I guess that would be my five. If I there was five guys that I go, ooh, they might not be on the roster. Um, after the uh, meetings or soon thereafter, those would probably be my five um, for good reasons and bad reasons and just wild card reasons. Those would be my those would be my five. Uh, I think uh, after hearing what you said, I think you're you're absolutely right. I I probably should change mine. That pitching with Flexen and possibly Marco, they're probably the ones that are that could get you something in return. And since they are expendable with the, uh, with, you know, the Mariners having a plethora of starting pitching. Yeah. I think you're right there. And the other thing is, I think if you're going off of value of going, we know what's working and what's good. You got a good five starter. Flexen is a good four or five starter. And Castillo is a good relief pitcher. Who's also closed games. So, you know, though, yes, off the value of the, uh, potential or mystery person is definitely definitely winker and the maybe there's some untapped potential here or something that's missing and it would be my toro i feel like you'll see toro go before you'll see uh kelnick go yeah it's i think kelnick since he's younger might have a little bit more upside and and teams might covet him maybe more but Toro, yeah, it's uh, it's it's so close between those two. But um, you know, if I was yeah. gonna put something in somebody out of that top five and and go, they might go. I know I gave five, but like now that we're talking about it, if there was somebody out of my five, like let's just say we take uh, Toro out of there, you also could throw in Tremel. Tremel could be another guy. So maybe there's, I think out of like the top 10 Mariners now that we're getting crazy, then you can add in a, maybe you see a Hancock, you know, maybe you see what are the couple other pitchers we have? I mean, we have, we have like, I'd say we got 10 possible guys maybe, but the, that top five, I think is the five. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, the Mariners minor league system is heavier on pitching. So that would be, you know, a little bit harder to swallow because, you know, maybe those guys could slip in and be a fifth starter this year in the way Kirby was if you were to lose Marco and Flexen. So, yeah, it's it's with Jerry, you just never know. So that's oh, what makes no. this so fun and exciting just talking about. Well, we're running out of time here. Always, We're always running out of time here. Uh, but, you know, before we get out of here, I always like to know what the hot goss is. So what's going on down, down there on Hanno's hot goss corner? What do you got for me? 
Um, I was watching the Seahawks game this last weekend and was puzzling and surprised to see the walk-off hero Ugh. for the Mariners' season, big dumper raising the 12th man flag, uh, getting the crowd fired up before the Raider game. Um, unfortunately, though, during that game, Josh Jacobs returned the favor to the Seattle fans and had his own walk-off and took it 80 yards <laughs> oh, for the walk-off oh, touchdown oh. in overtime. Oh, It did have shades of uh, another former baseball player, Bo Jackson, but as a football player, just running down that uh, hallway at the kingdom, and we still don't know if he's ever stopped running, and we we don't know if Jacob's stopped running either. That that hurt. So what else do you got for me? Let's talk about the Mariners changing some of their numbers up. Uh, oh, did you see that? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this is like one of those times I do not have buyer's remorse because I was very, very close to buying a Luis Castillo, number 21. I like 21. That was our, our you know, old faithful Alvin Davis's number um also franklin Gutierrez at one point but 21 such a good staple of a number it looked good i didn't buy it and now it's gonna be 58 and i don't know i don't know if i want to wear a linebacker's number on a baseball jersey but we'll see yeah i mean i i liked um i know that he wore 58 in cincy and when he came to seattle and won at 21 sure. i was like good decision you look a lot better in it and now for him to go back to it yeah, it just doesn't look right, but that's okay. Yeah, he had Roger Clemens's number, right? Roger Clemens was twenty-one. I and, and yeah. I think he switched his number on uh, New York, but when he was a Red Sox, when he was the Rocket, he was twenty-one. I like it. And there was a lot of those jerseys. There was a lot of those jerseys and t-shirts made. I guess you can find those on the clearance rack or at Ross or your local Marshalls. Maybe they'll become collector's items. Is it going to be like a, a Jordan 45? I don't I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he's 58, and we had another change. Yeah, Taylor Trammell um, changed his number. He will be wearing the number five this next year. I like it. I like I like a single digit number. Let's hope he makes the roster. Let's. That's another guy that there's still this untapped potential. He was the biggest part of that trade that got us. Uh, Ty France just hasn't panned out. Um, you know him and Kelnick have pretty much had a pretty similar uh, career so far. Um, of course, Kelnick has a bit more hype to him, but uh, yeah, number five that sounds cool. Um, Definitely doesn't look like a, a spring training number. That definitely feels like a real or spring training player, AAA player. That's, that looks like a, and feels like a number of somebody that's like, I'm going to be on the squad. I'm a major league player with the single-digit number. Yeah, and then the final number that I saw, um, Teoscar Hernandez got his number awarded to him. I know he wore 37 for the Blue Jays, but he will be wearing number 35 like for it. your Seattle Mariners. Nice, there's 3-5, Frank Thomas. Three five, I like it. That is a that is a good out corner outfielder, first baseman uh, number for definitely or DH. So that that is a very fitting number. Big guys got to have big numbers, you know. Big hitters got to have these big numbers. I like it. I've always like like I like forty four. I like that uh, Julio's wearing forty four. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, uh, and I think it's a real possibility that he can match the number on his back with the number of home runs he hits here. That would be Ooh, a successful I, year for Teoscar. I like that. I like that kind of motivation. Like, listen, I'm going to hit the number of home runs that are on my jersey. Yeah, there is there is no information that we won't bring to you if we 
actually see it and read yes. about it that's for sure that's for sure uh hopefully a lot to talk about next week maybe multiple episodes i know that we said we're coming every tuesday sorry we had a little bit of equipment uh issues but everything is running here strong um you know in the start of the year we're finally going to be having our uh videos up on youtube um fun stuff we're building the uh you know studio uh area down here right here in uh hollywood california but hannah will still be up there in edmonds but you'll be able to see our faces um again thank you for liking and sub- subscribing thank you for liking and subscribing and following like you said next week there will be probably multiple episodes with the uh winter meetings going on how you'll know when those are ready to go is when you hear the news you probably look down probably have emergency notification for us and you get that when you're liked or subscribed or you follow us or you know you know how it's done also don't forget to rate of course we like these five tool baseball players but we also love five star reviews so if you think we are worthy of that five star tool of a podcast don't be scared hit it write something nice write us a love letter um again we'll be back for sure next tuesday maybe prior we don't know we keep saying that we don't know but we will be back very soon hopefully with some more hot goss from the winter meetings it's just right down the road here in san diego anyways this is the rye bread and mustard a mariners podcast that you're listening on odyssey or wherever else you get your podcast hanno you know what fucking time it is all right no recording problems